Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right. Welcome, everyone, to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Larry Sharp, the other host of A Free Solution. I'm here, Larry Sharp. Happy to have you all here here on W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y slash I, Elmira Corning, and of course, W-A-C-K, Newark, New York, not New Jersey. That's right. Newark, New York. So so Larry and I are, are together for this first show of A Free Solution. Now, it, it's still mostly the same show as Radio Free New York. We, we even kept the same music as Radio Free New York. And uh, we just wanted to have a slightly different emphasis about where we want to go with the show and what this show is all about. And so we wanted to, to, to keep it focused on how do we find solutions rooted in liberty. It's not, it's not just looking back. It's not just complaining about government. It's about how do we find solutions that make our world a better place. Oh, but I want to I wanna complain and whine. Come on. It is fun, and and you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, right? Like you know, like I, th- there's a good chance we're gonna complain slash bring up stuff about Governor Cuomo today because that is probably our favorite topic. It it, but you know, we we gotta keep focused on like what what do we want to do next? What's the actual solution here? What are, how are we gonna make lives better and not just ah government stinks? I'm with you, and the other thing that I that I always think about is. You know, the, the word free moves people, and I'm hoping that it will trigger some people and go, there's no such thing as a free lunch. That's my hope that it will. But the free <laughs> in this is the idea of liberty, right? The idea of freedom. The, uh, it's, it's the idea that we can actually create solutions without having it be, oh, let's make the government do it and let's pay more taxes or let's force people to make things happen or any of those things. I think we really can do it. I spent what? Come on, Kevin. You were you were right next to me. I spent what an hour of uh, an hour. I spent a year and a half trying to get this uh, done across the state in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, you have been working for this on years. And, yes. You know, we we both have. Yep. Right. And and when we talk to politicians, most of the solution is, well, we have to do something. We have to take action. Government has to 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 take a lead role in the fixing all the problems of our society. And the worst part about this is what it winds up happening is it makes us almost like beggars. And I know that sounds horrible, but that's what winds up happening. And you see it now with the COVID response. Government now has shut us down to a point where we're all suffering. And it's rare to find anyone who's saying, okay, how do we get ourselves out of it? What most people are saying is, well, then now the federal government has to give us more help. So the state government crushes us. And then so now we beg for the federal government to help us. That's what individuals are doing, not just our governor, who, of course, has his hand out. But also, I find that average New Yorkers going, 
I can't survive unless the government gives me money now. I well, feel like we've almost turned our culture into one that accepts punishment from one government organization to then beg from help from the other one. I mean, Larry, are you familiar with the concept of uh, learned helplessness? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I feel like our government has conditioned us to do. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Well, we have to just wait for someone to... To, to come and bail us out because you, you've you've gotten into this mentality that like you're not able to go and help yourselves and help your community and take action without government permission or resources like we've we've conditioned ourselves to be locked into this toxic mindset that really makes our community suffer makes individuals suffer and makes us lose opportunities for success yes and it, it goes actually to almost a community level by the way, for those of you who care about learned helplessness, there's actually a book on it by a guy named Martin Seligman. So if any of you care, you can just go on Amazon or something or wherever, your local bookstore, if they still exist, <laughs> you can go there and get that if you're, if you're interested. But I think your, your point's a valid one, not just at the individual level, but even at the community level. We have communities who have been helped, I'm doing air quotes, uh, for so long that they don't even know how to help themselves anymore. That that institutional knowledge is gone. It's been destroyed. You can see it very openly here when it comes to kids being in school now. When the kids have to go home and be basically homeschooled, many communities don't know how to homeschool because we haven't supported homeschooling or private schooling in New York for so long that there's no community support or limited uh, community support. This should have been something to, that where when the kids went home, the communities go, oh, yeah, Bob and Jane, they're homeschooling their kids. Oh, and, and, and Phil and Louie, they're, they're homeschooling their kids, too. Why don't we have some of these guys help us out? And this shouldn't be such a crazy change. But it is. You know, that would be nice. But I, I imagine that there's probably some government impediments to that in some situations. <laughs> yes. It's it, and that's exactly what it is because like, oh, well, the government says you can't do this. So now parents are stuck in a very difficult situation. And so how do we, you know, again, empower parents and empower communities to build these networks that can support one another without having to wait for, well, we just got to open up the schools or it, or you have no other option. And that's what many parents are looking at. A hundred percent. And And the worst part of this is when we start to do it, government begins to shut us down it begins to actually hurt us and try to stop us from doing it. it. Because if we actually do it, then we've literally made government not as powerful as they want it to be. So when you find people doing it, they, start, they stop you, right? One of the things that's hurt us tremendously, you will find people say, well, there are some local community centers and community groups that are doing help, but they need government funding now. Why? Because they were government funded in the first place. And a government-funded nonprofit isn't actually a community um, issue. It's not a community event. It's it's not a community organization. It's a government organization because it's funded by the government, which means it has government strings attached. So you're actually not learning anything in your community. The government's given you all of the rules and regulations, so you're just another arm of the government. We actually require more actual community where that you don't have to worry about government support it's local support or even local wealthy person support. That's the works. You know, if, if uh, you know, Janice has a, uh, an accounting firm that she runs and she's got four or five employees making some cash, well, if she wants, she can help out the local community and help out those small businesses. 
And you know what? If we have more small businesses in local communities, that would happen naturally. That's a you know a great thing. Like wealth kind of builds on each other, right? Like again, yes. as you. And that's something that's so hard to understand. People think as you start to get a society that's wealthier, that the poor get poorer when the rich get richer. No, you know, people spread these resources around. They want to help their community. They want to help their neighbors. And it's not even just charitable. It's about, well, if you help other people, you know, succeed and have the resources they need to build a successful life, you know, that's also going to increase your wealth, too. Well, there are it's there are two pieces to uh, making people who are poor less poor, right? And then eventually, hopefully, middle class and hopefully wealthy, we all help. The first one is you want to support local. Here's the problem. I remember when I was a kid in the Bronx, I grew up in a bad neighborhood in South Bronx in the 70s, and it wasn't a good neighborhood. But I still remember most of the stores were locally owned. So the people who lived there lived in the community. They got money from the community. They knew each other. All those things happened. When one stupid kid would rob from the local store, they knew who the guys, the kids' parents were. And they would say, bring your mom here because your mom shops here. And the mom would come in and say, hey, what's this kid doing? And you could actually fix this. You could actually make things, you could make change and learn and teach. Those days are long gone. Now I'll go back to my neighborhood. It's almost all franchises, which means the person who runs it doesn't own it. They're a manager hired by somebody who doesn't live there. And all the money goes out to someplace else. People don't know each other. It's not, there's no connection. And there's no chance for someone who's made a mistake to get a job. If you were dumb in the 70s in my neighborhood and you got a, a marijuana charge or something, if people knew you, they'd still hire you at the local pizza shop. But now try to make that happen at some of these franchises. They have rules. Oh, you have a felony conviction? Nope, no hire. What are the kids supposed to do? How do they grow? How do they learn? All that money's leaving the community. That's a yeah, critical a, piece that we don't talk about. Absolutely. It's a, a checkbox. Check and again... What's what's important to keep in mind is not just like greedy corporations. Government policy created this, right? Yes, and that's that, that's the important thing to keep in mind because the, the solution ends up being again, oh well, we got to get the government to stop these greedy corporations. No, 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 no. The government created the problem in the first place. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely. that's the issue. <laughs> so you know that's you know what we're running out of time, but like that's you know what the show is going to be about is we want to focus on you know those positive solution uh solutions that are rooted in freedom and uh, when we come back i'll read off a few of the comments that we're getting online and uh, we'll continue to talk about that and and maybe we'll apply some of these solutions in, in some of the, the current events today all right so thanks again for joining us here on a free solution with kevin wilson and larry sharp i'm here 585-346-3000 Safeguarding your freedoms and your future. Hey, welcome back to A Free Solution, the coolest new show there is. I'm Larry Sharp, host of The Sharp Way. You can find me on The Sharp Way on all the internet things, Facebook and YouTube and all the things. But right now I'm here with the man himself, Kevin Wilson, digital guru, being my co-host today. We're here on W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmire recording, The Patriot. And also W-A-C-K, Newark, New York. Feel free to reach out to us, either online if you like, or give us a buzz. 585-346-3000. Yeah, give us a call. We love hearing from you. And, and again, shout out to our friends on the A Free Solution 
Facebook page. We just renamed it. Uh, my Kevin Wilson page and my Twitter page, uh, YouTube channel. And speaking of YouTube, we got a comment from our friend Garrett. It says, uh, government officials are stuck in the mentality that they must act on every issue in society. This is fundamentally wrong in terms of our founding principles and longstanding moral truth. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Garrett, I think you're right here. Absolutely. And then just a, a couple other comments. Uh, John says, love the Bills hat. Yeah, it was a great victory yesterday. It's very cool watching them uh, beat the Steelers on national TV. And Steven's just giving us a wave. Hey, Steven. <laughs> Look, I, I love the Bills, but I'm a Giant fan. Sorry, guys. I'm a Giant fan. It's how it works. You're I live in New York City. So you guys know I am a Giant fan. And yeah. I'm a Giant fan even when they suck. And I'm a Giant fan when they're awesome. It doesn't matter. I, I'm a true blue Giant fan. It's who I am. I know I'm supposed to be a Jets fan because I live in Queens, but I'm not. I'm a Giant fan because I, I used to live in the uh, in the Bronx. And for those of you who don't know, there was a short time when the Giants actually played in Yankee Stadium. That is a true mm -hmm. thing. It happened in the 70s. I still remember it. And it, it never it never went away. Wow. I actually didn't know that. All I know them is that they're, they're the New Jersey teams. Bills are the only New York team. And... You know, that's so I'm going to root for them. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not anti Bills. I'm just saying yes. the Giants used to play in Yankee Stadium. Come on. That's really cool. That, that is pretty cool. I had no idea about that. That's cool. Yes. And, and you know, Giants, they showed some life. They beat the, what they beat the, uh, the Seahawks a couple weeks a back, right? Absolutely. So, so look, we, we still got some heart. That's right. But I want to go back to what Garrett said. I mean, he's right on the money there. And the thing that bothers me most about that is I'm not surprised that government would want to take over and try to be the hero, right? I get that. They want to come in, show us how cool they are, validate their salaries, validate the fact that they're getting paid even though that others aren't. I get that. My concern is that most people, to, to Garrett's point, they aren't saying anything. They're actually okay with it. They're like, yes, government, come give us more. You know, thank you, sir, may I have another? Instead of actually saying, government, can you, can you just let us do some stuff? Can you just let us do some stuff on our own? Can you, instead of trying to enforce your will upon us, can you do what I believe you're supposed to be doing, which is actually supporting our pursuit of happiness? Wait, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm going to do this because you usually do this for yourself. But Larry... But but Larry, are you you know are are you saying that like we should do nothing, and particularly in the COVID nineteen pandemic, that we should just let people be all alone and suffer on their own as we're trying to battle this pandemic? It's a great question, and right now they actually are suffering on their own. So let us that that's already happening right now, right? You can see it already. You can see how fifty five percent of all the all the um the the, the uh, infections have come from places like big box stores and places like that, not small businesses, not restaurants, not schools, not subways. So we have already set up an environment where people are suffering. We've already set that up, right? So that's already happening. But what I'm saying is you don't have to do nothing. You can do what good leaders do, which is set the example and create the environment so that people can do well on their own. Think about this for a moment. What if instead of us going, we're going to enforce masks. If you don't wear a mask, you're evil. If you don't wear a mask, you're a bad person. If you don't wear a mask, how evil you are, we're going to fine you. But if we instead did, hey, this is what we believe is right. 
I'm going to put this up on our website. I'm going to show you what I think is correct. And I'm going to give other people options to tell us what they think is right. And we're going to start sharing data till we find the right answer. If we had done that back in March, imagine where we'd be now. We wouldn't have politicized masks. We wouldn't have politicized anything. We would actually have real answers for all of our problems by now. And I talked about this, by the way, if you care, you can go to my YouTube page, The Sharp Way, and you will see I have 10 videos on that expressing exactly how to take care of that back from March. This is yeah. not Monday morning quarterbacking for me. I had a solution back in March. You can actually do that, and we would have solutions now that were actually tailored to different counties. You do yeah. not want Queens to have the same rules as, you know, Rochester. You don't want Monroe County to have the same rules as Hamilton County or Wyoming County. I want different rules for different counties. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, we, New York, after months of doing the wrong thing, had kind of started to take a more regional approach, which I think is a little bit better than what we were doing before. Slowly, yep. after being pressured a ton, Governor Cuomo will respond to what the actual data on the ground is. And in fact, they, they did a big uh, contact tracing thing where they said that like 70 percent of the uh, COVID cases had come from home parties. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and only like was it like 0.6 percent came from gyms and salons. Like yes. Just, just a tiny fraction of a percent. Finally, you know, but but Governor Cuomo was like, well, that's what we can control. And they wanted to look like they were doing something. Yes. That was it. They wanted to look like they were taking action rather than looking at the actual situation and thinking like, well, destroying these businesses actually isn't going to prevent that many COVID cases. Yes. And and this is my, my, my bigger issue here is, again, back to Garrett's point, people aren't saying this is a bad idea. Good leadership. And if you ask someone what good leadership is, they'll agree with me, but then they won't ask for it. Good leadership is not me saying, everybody stay in your house. I got this. Don't worry, Kevin. I think you're a child. I'm the adult. I will do everything for you. No, good leadership is, Kevin, I need you. Come on, brother. Get up with me. Let's fix this. Show me what... That's what good leadership is. Not even asking for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and instead, what they did at the beginning of the pandemic is, you know, they lied to people about masks. So they said, don't go and get them because they thought people were too dumb to, like, not <laughs> yes. hoard masks. And they ended up being counterproductive and eroding trust. Yes. Now, more than anything, right? Get a mask, don't get a mask. Oh, the subways are going to be killers. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, schools are going to be killers. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, this is a super spreader. Oh, no, it's not. So how do we know? Why would they be upset that we don't trust them? Wait, that's, look at what you did. Yeah, exactly. No, look, they, they've showed that, like, we can't earn a trust. And instead, you're right. What we should be doing, and people are starting to wake up to this. Okay, if most cases are coming from home parties, all right, you can throw the hammer down and say no gatherings of more than 10 people. Or you can say, okay, well, if you're going to have these parties, if you're going to go and try to see your family for the holidays and make these decisions, here are the different ways that you can keep yourself safer. Mm. It's the same way, you know, like it, just harm reduction. That, yes. The same thing we apply to all sorts of other stuff, you know. Uh, why not just say, okay, well, if you're going to go and do this, here are some ways to, to keep yourselves a little bit safer. Absolutely. Or if we had just allowed people to come up with answers on their own within their local small businesses, we would have seen what works and what doesn't work. But something else, we would have known who actually is at risk here, right? Am I having a party at my house with six people who are 20-somethings? And, you know, I get it, be safe, but the world's not going to end. 
Am I bringing grandma over who's got emphysema? I really better be safe because COVID's going to kill her. And I should know that and I should act accordingly. And it shouldn't be an act of rebellion. It should be an act of intelligence and savviness and being, you know, being smart with people who you love. But I'll add one more step. We wouldn't have rushed to have so many home parties if we weren't crushed from having them outside every place. I mean, yeah. they've created this environment and now they're mad that we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, I that, that reminds me. I, I It's no longer a philosophical question of like, when does the an outside structure become just a building? <laughs> can I ask that? Yes. It's so like I, I don't want to like knock these restaurants, but like there's there's restaurants like in my area where it's like a a patio or, or like a, a where you got like a, a like a, a wooden structure that they've wrapped in plastic except for like one doorway hole, and they put heaters in there. And I'm like, isn't this this feels like it's just outside or inside now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's the point. What did they expect they were going to do? These businesses are going to go under. And you, you know what the, the positivity rate for, for restaurants is in New York City? 1.4%. 1.4%. Why are they hammering restaurants? Why are they destroying the only thing left in my city? I know a lot of our listeners aren't in New York City, but I care about my city. And well, you're, you're up here is too. a big city too. Yeah. I mean, why are they destroying these cities? Because they can. That's what they can act on. Yes. And and that's what's important. All right. So uh, thanks again for joining us for a free solution. Give us a call. 585-346-3000. I'm Kevin Wilson and Larry Sharp here as well. All right, guys. See you after the break. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Oh, I almost said the, the, the last show name. We were formerly Radio Free New York. Guys, similar show. S- similar, like, bump music, too. Bumper music. Yeah, but now uh, we're cooler because the name's cooler. Everything's better. Um, we right. are a cooler show. So those of you who are like, you know what? I like this show, but it isn't cool enough. Well, now it is. So Even listen cooler. in because it is cooler. And now you're so lucky you got both of us, me and Kevin, Kevin, the digital guru, and me, the guy from Sharpway. Come on, you can't beat that, can you? That's right. That's good stuff right there. Absolutely. And again, thanks, folks, for listening all over the place. Get more comments online. Uh, another one from Garrett says, uh, "Like Larry has said, uh, Roland COVID should be a repository of information. No mandates, just information and guidance. Society and the market create solutions that work." Absolutely. You know the re- the repository for information piece actually makes it to where we trust government more. When you just say, hey, CDC says this, this is now the law, this is now, you know, the gospel, this is, you know, Moses came down from the from the mountain and this is what he said. When you start doing that and then it's wrong, people go, I don't trust you anymore. But if you say, here's what we believe is true 
and will allow others to say what they believe is true, you actually believe the government more, right? It's like a, a Yelp review. If everything's a five star, you start thinking, hmm. But it's yeah. a couple three stars, you go, you know what? If there's 75 fives and two threes, those three guys are probably just jerks. I believe the fives even more. The same thing applies, Garrett. You are exactly correct. Yeah, and, and uh, it's going to be incredibly important in the next few months, too. I think that there's a lot of people now who who don't trust uh, the emerging COVID vaccines yes. kind of for similar reasons. Is they They now have gotten so much misinformation from governments, and this is a both-party thing. This is, you know— uh, the the Trump White House, the Republicans, the Democrats in New York State, like this is all over. This isn't like just a a one party problem. This is absolutely. this is government all over. Yes, absolutely right. Government trying to be the 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 hardcore leader that is never wrong and is always right. And you know, if you've got to always be right, why should I trust you? Right, that's the problem. Right, if you've got to always be what the old thing I say in leadership. If you've got to always yell, you know I'm the boss, you're not the boss, man. You think you are, but you're not. If you got to keep telling me you're the boss, something's wrong. And I think that's what's happening now with government. Yeah, no. It, well, man, I'm trying to think. There's a, there's like a good Game of Thrones thing that Tyrion had said. But I'm, I'm going to not remember. I'm going to have to look it up in a minute. But, but basically, you know, if you've got to – like there's a difference between like power and authority – Yes. And yeah, and and that's that's kind of what we're seeing here in, in terms of of government. And and you know, if you've got to use force to boss people around to get people to do what you want, then you know, you're starting to lose that legitimate authority and you know, people are going to not cooperate with you. They're going to challenge you. And, and that's and what fact, we're finding, right? You saw it in Jersey with the people who were much more left-leaning who were trying to was well, they were trying to support the, uh, the the people who were detained in some facility, right? And literally they arrested like six or seven people and um, and they're, they're fighting cops. And a big problem, of course, you're fighting authority because you're not believing, you're not trusting it. Exactly. But then look at, at Staten Island. These people are more right-leaning and they were fighting the cops because they're shutting down uh, Max, Max Pub. So you got the left and the right both saying, cops, you're wrong, authority, you're wrong, in the streets, in, you're right. It's not just Democrat Republican. It's us who are now finding ourselves in positions of desperation. Look, the average person, and and look, I'm I, I'm not anti or pro cop. My father was in law enforcement, and my mother was a convicted felon. So I understand both sides of this, right? My point is, nobody, whether you like cops or don't like cops or whatever you might think, wants to fight or go against cops. That's not smart. People don't like it. It's, it's It hurts our, our society. It's a bad idea. But we're doing it, which means we're desperate. We've been put in a desperate situation to where people are now fighting the cops. This is not a good thing. This is not a good thing at all. No, it's not a good thing. And in fact, there's there's interesting studies that suggest it's not good for freedom. But you know, like some folks might think like, oh, well, people are challenging the government. That's good. They're, they're questioning the government. Not necessarily, because what ends up happening is people start to, as you start to build mistrust, they say not, I mistrust government as an institution. They say, I trust mistrust the people who are in charge right now. And yes. if we have our people in charge and they're even better and maybe, you know, they're, they're cracking down on, on the people that we don't like then that's what we need to do. So mistrust in government doesn't 
necessarily lead to more liberty. Absolutely, yes. In fact, the reverse might be true. You're totally correct. Uh, what, and the other thing is, once you start to not believe in this law or that law, now we have to start drawing arbitrary law, uh, lines on what's a good law and what's a bad law, which I get people do, but do you want to encourage that? Right. Once I start saying the government has no right to do this, don't I start saying, should the government do that or do this? Now, there's a point of that that's very good. Obviously, as a, as a libertarian, when I hold this on my sleeve, there's a part of me that loves that. But I want that to happen in a natural way to where we can actually shift our culture, change our laws so that we have a smaller government and that our culture can accept that and our communities can respond effectively. What I would rather not have is all of a sudden tomorrow, we decide government's no good and we're going to all of a sudden decide that we're going to overthrow it. Boy, would that be a bad, nasty, horrible idea. And that's my worry. Do we go there and then that's the answer? I'm, I'm not a fan of violence. No, yeah, we don't want to go there. That's it's ugly in all sorts of ways, you know, in, yep. in terms of people getting hurt and wealth getting destroyed and liberty yep. getting destroyed. Oftentimes, it's not going to turn out to like we're not going to have a great, beautiful libertarian paradise. It's not. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think the best example we can see is you look at the French Revolution, right? They said, yeah. we're going to get rid of the kings and queens because we care about people. What are we going to install? Napoleon the Dictator. See? Way better. <laughs> Not so yeah. much. Well, and after going through the Robespierre stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Not. Oh, yes. Oh, then look at the, the Russians, right? They said, we're yeah. going to get rid of the, the, the Tsar. That, that, yeah, he's a bad guy. What are we going to put in charge? Communism. That'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't go so well there either. Larry, did that not work out? Yeah, not as well as they thought. I mean, they don't. They didn't have a king, so I guess there was one positive, right? If we're, if we're trying to, you know, put some kind of positive spin on this thing, there's something there. No more king. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that was the best solution. No, probably not. So, like, what would be better is, again, we, we build that culture of, you know, dismantling the learned helplessness. Yes. And figuring out ways that communities can build each other up and that yes. government take a step back, be a repository for trust, and only do the things that are strictly necessary. And I know that's very debatable ground. But but, but if we're fighting there, Kevin, I'm good. That That's a debate that I want to have. I want us to be thinking like that. That's the right answer. Yeah. But what we well, got to get other things I want to bring up, there. though, is I do think as we we'll talk about solutions, right? I think as we begin to discuss this, the solution in general is openly, aggressively, forwardly trying to create an environment where there can be an alternative to the government monopoly, right? So what is the answer to, oh my God, uh, you know, our economy is collapsing? The answer isn't write a big check to government and try to keep it running a little bit longer. That's not the answer. I mean, if that's what we need to get things going, I get it. I'm not going to fight it. It's going to happen. But what I'm saying is we want to make a situation to where, you know what? Companies can reopen. I want to do things like, we're not getting any taxes anyway. So why don't we instead do things like end sales tax for a year or, you know, decide that um, there's no, there's no minimum wage for three months to get people in to just start working again. Or decide that uh, for for three months there's there's going to be um, 
no payroll tax or something like that. Or we're going to every certificate of need or every um, request for an EIN is automatically just accepted. It's a rubber stamp for the next three months or six months or whatever the case may be. Something to test the waters to get people back in action, to get people saying, you know what? No, I'm going to go in there and make things happen. What we've done is reversed. We've said, the government doesn't have money. Let's raise taxes and make things harder. I I cannot tell you how many people are leaving this state. If you haven't noticed it, you're not paying attention. Yeah, and we may be about to raise taxes again. I just read a news story about this morning. Maybe we could talk about that after the break. But, yeah, it looks like they're trying to raise taxes before 2021. Because that's going to help. That's right. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Kevin Wilson joined by Larry Sharp. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. The one media outlet you can count on. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Yes, I know this is normally where Radio Free New York is, but we're a free solution now. That's what we're focused on. We're Solutions. bigger, better, stronger. That's right. Exactly. So I'm Kevin Wilson, joined by Larry Sharp, who you can catch on Tuesdays and Thursdays yes. in this time slot. I'll still be here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, doing our thing, focusing on liberty. And speaking of... Of, uh, we are. We're happy to be here as always. You'll see me use Tuesday, Thursdays. Today is special day because we're re. We're the new cool show here. W Y S L W E N Y and I and Elmira Corning, the Patriot W A C K in Newark, New York. Make sure you reach out to us five eight five three four six three thousand, and you can tell me how smart I am or how dumb I am. I don't mind. You can even tell me how handsome I am if you want to. But I got to tell you, Kevin's a good looking man too. So I'm not really sure which one of us uh, you're gonna think is more handsome. It's gonna be a tough call there. That's right. You can't see that out on the radio, but you just just trust. You can hear the voices and just know. Absolutely. Now, if you're 100%. listening online, you get to see my face, and I do have Larry's face up there. I didn't get the video today, but but Larry's face is there. It's just the well, one of the, one of the campaign photos you had of you like kind of just like looking up in your blue suit. Yeah, so it's you look like you're looking up at me admiringly, Larry. I am. That's... You are a good looking man. I'm like, man, that guy's good looking. That's what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, and and we did get a comment by the way, uh, Tony DeRazio saying you know uh, he's he thinks that we're going to get pushback on the the mistrust in government doesn't necessarily lead to more liberty. He, he says that uh, he, he he agrees with it, but he thinks that's uh, that's going to surprise some folks. But I'm not sure. What do you think he means by that? Well, he, he, I think that the the intuitive thing for a lot of folks is to say that like. Well, if we trash government and and we talk about how much government is terrible, that people will want to dismantle the government and will want more freedom, and that's weirdly not necessarily the case. Right. Uh, and, yeah, you know, they don't like this government. Let's just use our government. That'll be way better. Yeah, that that's what it ends up leading to is right. is people like, well, we just need to build a better government. Right. Yes. Ends up happening. See, if just my guys would enforce their will upon you. It'd be way better than their guys enforcing their will upon you. Yeah. So you got to have an alternative to that. You got to you got to start looking at other things like okay, how can we have economic freedom? How do businesses thrive in in environments where there aren't crazy amounts of burdensome regulations? You know what happens if we let people just enjoy personal freedom? 
Oh, can't do that. I know. That's that's ridiculous. We're not going to go there. And speaking of not having uh, economic freedom, it looks like the New York State Legislature, which is going to have a supermajority of Democrats soon, um, in the in the Senate and in the Assembly, and our our Your Majesty uh, King Cuomo. Yes, His Majesty. Yes, His His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II. All hail the King. That's right. So looks like they want to tax the rich because New York State has massive budget gaps. And, and I see this. I like I, I work with and understand organizations that are seeing like the consequences of these budget gaps. Like they're losing money from the state. They're freaked out. So New York State, what's they're going to do? What well, we need to bring in more revenue because you know businesses have been destroyed in the last year, and now, well, what do you got to do? Well, you got to you got to take that money from somewhere, or yep. so they say. So they're going to tax the rich. Larry, good idea or great idea? Well, um, I think the best of all ideas. I'll go even further. I mean, what I've noticed throughout history is every time you decide to tax and punish the rich, it never goes wrong. It always goes perfectly, swellingly well, and they never, like, revolt or pack up and leave or find ways to control the government or find ways to screw people otherwise. That happens exactly never. If, if, and this is one minor caveat, if you don't count always, if you don't yeah. count every single time, it never happens. So that's that's kind of how I'm putting my one minor caveat there. Now, you can see it already. In New York City, people are packing up and leaving. The wealthy are leaving. So their answer to more taxes is leaving. So one of you would think, if you're a New Yorker, that you would want people to stay and fight. I do. That's what I would like. You would think you'd want to. You would think that if you were in government, you'd want more people to stay to make the state better. So what is their answer? Here's what we'll do. We've been having such a terrible environment, a crushing environment, that has made people literally pack up and leave. So what we'll do is the people who are staying will punish them more because that'll work. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, that's never worked, and we're still that's, doing it. That, that's the state motto. <laughs> The unofficial thing. <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's yes. what we go by. That that you know what that is our state motto. I'm going to use that for now. Our state motto, perfect and so accurate. <laughs> so yeah, we, you know we might be seeing taxes go up on the ultra wealthy. You know the progressives say, well, it doesn't affect you. You know you're you're not going to be taxed, but but it does affect me because ultimately it is very easy to move. Yep. It doesn't. A lot of people just say, "All right, well, forget it. I'm going to go to a state with no income tax." And a lot of people love New York. They love, you know, New York State wherever they live, but they don't like the government. And it's, it, there's not that much incentive to stay if you know half of your income is being taken. Well, here's the worst part you've just brought up, right? When you start making massive taxes against the rich, well, you're going to have to lower what rich is, right? Is rich four hundred thousand dollars a year? $200,000 a year, $100,000 a year. Well, as the rich pack up and leave, because to your point, if you're not wealthy, it's hard to move. Particularly if you're middle class, or your house is underwater, or you're paying heavy rent, or you're behind, or you want to move someplace where others are moving and there's not many job opportunities. But if you're wealthy, you've already got two homes. You've got one in New York and one someplace else. You just shut the one down in New York and move to the other one and buy a second or third house when you have time, whenever, because you're wealthy. It's easy for you to leave. So as the wealthy leave, the people who service the wealthy also leave. A lot of their juniors also leave. But not, not just that. 
as those jobs begin to, to, to go away, then we have to begin to lower what wealthy is. Or it doesn't work because the wealthy have left. So now wealthy was at 400. Now it's at two. Oh, they all leave. Now it's at one. So yeah, it may not affect you directly. The, the, the progressives may be right at that. That's true. But it will affect you real soon when either they lower the, the standards or you can't get a job or you can't find customers because they've all left. Yeah, exactly. It has a cascading effect. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah, and so you know we're, we're stuck in a position. Well, New York State right now, what they're hoping for is they're hoping for a bailout. They're, they're still yep. uh, hanging on you know, if, if the federal government bails them out. But I don't think it's going to work like that. I think even if there is – it does end up being a bail. I had a great discussion with the, the Livingston County uh, supervisor a few weeks back about this. You know, what, it, what might end up happening is that, well, they'll, the federal government, if they do do this, and they might not, is they might only do it for money lost because of COVID. Now, if you had long-term structural financial issues that predate the issues related to COVID, you might still be in trouble. And guess yes. what? New York's Absolutely. still going to be in trouble. Yes. And this is what I say, you know. COVID, and this is going to sound horrible, please take it the right way, was the best thing that could have happened to Cuomo. Because Cuomo now can blame 10 years of terrible governing on, well, it's because of, you know, COVID. New York was perfect with my awesome leadership until, until you know, all of a sudden COVID hit. And, of course, Trump gave me COVID because it's Trump's fault. And if it wasn't for Trump, we wouldn't have COVID. And he somehow hurt us because orange man's still bad. Even though, even though he won't be you know, in office next year, he'll still be orange man bad. But it also gave something else. With Biden uh, becoming president in, in, in January, you know, he can now escape and become the AG if he needs to. So he can escape it if he wants to or use Trump as, as a scapegoat. Not a bad deal if you're his majesty. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, now we got his uh, – we, we haven't talked about this at all, but the, there's some accusations against him. Oh, yes. Which, you know, maybe we'll have to – We'll have to talk about later this week. Um, but we do only have a little bit left, Larry. So, again, we've, re we've retitled the show. It's yes. a free solution. You can still find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on the radio, and on podcasts, too. We're, we are on podcasts. You can find us on Anchor and Apple Podcasts and any sort of places you can find podcasts. It goes out everywhere. Got a nice feed. So subscribe to us there. If you can't listen to us live, it's a great place to listen to us. Um, yeah, Larry, anything else to add to that? Noon every day, Monday yeah. through Friday, you can see the super cool Kevin Wilson, Digital Guru, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and me, host of the Sharpway, Larry Shop is Tuesday, Thursday. Please follow me on all the things internet, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, The Sharpway. All right, excellent. Thanks again, folks, for joining us on A Free Solution. We'll be back tomorrow with Larry at noon. See you then, guys.